All right, let's pray, guys. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We're grateful, Father, for the for the power of the word and for the ability it has to change men's lives. And we pray your blessings on us as we read it and as we study it. Help us, Father, to, to be aware of the things that we need to change. Help us to be mindful of it. And help us, Father, to... Uh, to strive every day to, to apply these principles to our lives. We know, Father, that Jesus told us that the things He said, the things that He that He told us were going to judge us in the last day, the words that He spoke, because those words came from You. And we pray, Father, that You'd help us to learn them so that we can, we can be in a right relationship with You. Thank You, Father, for loving us. Thank You for the opportunity. Thank You for bringing us here this morning so that we can, as a family, meet together, gather together, eat together, worship together, and, uh, and, and fellowship together, Father. We thank you so much for all of that. Bless us as we move forward today. Help us have a great day. And, and thank you for the, for the opportunity we have to be here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Guys, I want to I clarify one thing for sure. You understand that we are a blessed people. If you are walking in the light, if you have a relationship with Christ, if you have been washed by the blood, all right, if you have been obedient to the gospel, if you have been baptized to Christ, have given yourself to Him, uh, yeah, I'm not call, saying that you call yourself a Christian, that's good enough. That is not, okay? That is never what was happening in the New Testament. People in the New Testament knew that if you're going to call yourself a disciple, there are things you have to do. And if you do those things, then you are a blessed individual. And because you're a blessed individual, God looks at you with a different mindset, looks at you with a different pair of eyes, and he calls you something different than he calls other people. He calls you my children, my sons and daughters. You know, here at Central, what we're trying to do this morning is we're, we're gathering together as a family. Okay? If you're here and you're not part of the family, if you've, not, if you've not put him on, if you've not made that commitment to him, if you've not done that, we would love to have you keep coming and learn more so that we can help you do that. But the, mo the majority of us here, we are a family, aren't we? This is a family of God. And we're like I said in our prayer, we're going to fellowship together. We're going to eat together. We're going to we're going to enjoy what our little little ones have been have been learning. And then some of us are going to stay afterwards. And about three o'clock this afternoon, hopefully, we'll be done. We're going to have a meeting this afternoon, and we'll be through about three o'clock. I hope. I hope. But anyway, we will be here to uh, just to take care of business and and deal with some things that we need to deal with. So, uh, but you know, if you're here this morning, we're really glad you're here. And the text that we're going to be in uh, is, uh, is, the, is verse 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. And if you, uh, if you uh, what I just said, we're blessed. And if we're blessed, then we have a responsibility to act a certain way. Okay? He has called us to act a certain way. We don't have the luxury to be whatever we want. I, I really like, uh, you know, that, that when, we start to, when we start to look at people the way we're supposed to look at them, we start to look at people as as the sin problem they have and not a people problem, you know, then then we're going to be go a long ways to accomplishing what God has told us to do. You know, here we are looking at these verses and seeing what is it that I need to do. How, when I take heed of what God is saying to me, what is it that He's telling me to do? Okay, if I'm been, if I'm a blood washed individual, if I've been washed by the blood, then I have some responsibilities. Would you say that's true? I am responsible. For what he tells me and what I do with what he tells me. I do not have the luxury. You do not have the luxury. We do not have the luxury to walk out of this place today and go do whatever we want to do. It doesn't work that way. I know the world says it does, but the book doesn't. The book doesn't say that. 
And in, in, in this chapter, you know, he dealt with what men and women's roles are in their, in their relationship. But in verse 8, and I'm going, to, I'm going to look at verse 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. We're going to read that, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because of this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Last, last week we looked at what does it mean to be like-minded? What does it mean to pr promote unity within the body? You know, there's a couple more things he says here. He says be sympathetic. He's not talking about, he's talking about being sympathetic amongst us. Sympathize with each other. Do you understand what it means to be to sympathize with someone? What do you think it means to be to be sympathetic? What do you think that means? Compassionate. Huh? Be compassionate. To feel for someone when they're hurting. To feel for them. To have a a a, a, a an honest, true feeling for someone that has is struggling with something, and you are sympathize with them. You empathize with them. You know the next one. He said. He said, "Love one another." You know, this is the command. Remember the command, and our kids are going to recite memory verses today. And one of them is, is to love one another as he has loved us. All right? Another one is, the second command is just when Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and, what, and love your neighbor, what, as yourself. First, First John tells us, this is, the, this is the meaning of life. This is the meaning of, of what we are, is to love one another. If we don't love one another, then how can we love God? That's what he tells us. We have to love one another. Now, I want to ask you a question. Demonstrate a, describe for me a time when a brother demonstrated that kind of love to you. When he loved you. When a brother loved you. Describe the time when that happened to you. How did that feel? How did that work? Somebody, come on. Well, there was a time when people I didn't even know picked us up. Okay. Got us out of home. Okay. I didn't see him until about a year later. Okay. We're in First Peter chapter three, guys. Okay. Well, we were so connected after that. So connected after that. Okay. Anybody else? How does it describe a time when? And I'm talking about within the brotherhood. All right, within the family, when someone showed you love for you. Yes. When we lost Ryan and now the church family came together and supported us, and they still do. Yeah. Very, very uh, troubling time and a very uplifting time at the same time, right? What she said is when they lost Ryan. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ryan, uh, Ryan died just a few months ago, and it was a very traumatic time. Uh, Ryan was Tim Green's son. Very traumatic time in their life, and, uh, and this church rallied around them, and uh, and really rallied and supported them and lifted them up, and and uh, and, and it was it was you know. There were some things that happened in this text that happened at that funeral, wasn't there? You know, and uh, and it was directed directly at Cole, and and Cole did exactly what this said. He didn't repay insult for insult, evil for evil. You know, he had a kindness and a compassion and a empathy for those people that that uh, that were that said some very derogatory things to him. So, you know, when you look at this and he says he says love one another. 
that that's not always easy. You know, I want I've got another. When is the most difficult to demonstrate a loving attitude towards a brother? When is it the most difficult to demonstrate a loving attitude toward a brother? He tells us to love one another. All right. The people in the world say, "Oh, I, we love we love everybody." No, you don't. Not when it not when it when you when you see when we see how people are treated, how treat people treat them each other. You don't love each other. What does it look like? What does it look like to love one another the way the book tells us to? To love our family. Not necessarily, this is talking about within our family. What does it look like to love our brothers? What does it look like? Do something for somebody without getting anything back. Or expecting okay. anything back. Okay. All right. How do you have to, how can you pull this off, guys? How do you pull this thing off where you can love one another this way, where you can sympathize with them, where you have compassion with them? How do you pull it off? You're patient. Huh? You're patient. Be patient. Kind. Okay. All the things that First Corinthians 13 says. They, one of those texts that those kids are going to recite That's this afternoon. Right. That they weren't. Well, that do. that 90% of us in this room couldn't tell you what it said. Yeah. You have to know it. You have to know it. You have to know what they are in their life. What's going on in their life. Good people are going to speak up. At this point in your relationship here at this place right now. You don't know Tim Green, do you? You couldn't you couldn't do that for him at this point in, in your in your walk right here, right now, right? Y'all couldn't either, could you? Because you really don't know him. You don't know who he is. But those of us who do, what what, what is required of us? What should we do? Those of us who do know him. To to love him the way Christ would love him. That's exactly what happened. You know? That's exactly what happened. You know. There's two right here, two young young people, Sarah and Jared Taylor. Most of y'all don't know them. If something happened in their life. Something happened just a while back in her life. All right? I'm not going to tell you what it was, but something happened that was very traumatic for her. Okay? Very traumatized her. You know? But if you didn't know her, if you didn't know who she was, and you just saw her, you know, you may see her sitting in the sound booth now, or you may see Jared serving communion with his son Liam. All right? I mean, you'll see Liam up here, you know, reciting verses later on. But if you didn't know her, but somebody did know her here, Anne knew her, and Anne could connect with her, okay? And where she, couldn't she? She connected with you because she had the same love and the same passion that you had for what happened in your life. That's what I'm talking about. You're not going to know everybody that you can that needs, that needs love. That's why it's a family, guys. That's why it works together. That's why, it, you know, there's a... There's a uh, that's why when, when you look at these texts and you look at it and say, okay, how does this work? Well, this works this way because, you know, we're not all going to be fingers and toes and eyes and we're, we're going to need every one of us to pull this off. And if you're not, that's not happening with you, you know, ask yourself, why is it not happening? Why did I, was I hurting and nobody reached out? Why? Why? If only time you're here is Sunday morning and you're never part of anything else and never allow yourself to get, you know, damp, Right? Daniel, when that happened to you and people didn't know so they couldn't reach out, what happened? Some of the responsibility fell to you, didn't it? Because of what you were not doing. That's not the case anymore. Everybody in my Friday night class knows him now. Why? Because him and his grandfather come every Friday night now. Right? They know who you are. And he speaks up and he talks, so does his, so does his grandfather. Speaks him. Becoming involved. Knowing who each other is. You know, immersing yourself within the family unit. What did it look like in the first century? What were they doing, guys? Were they standing off the side and only worshiping, you know, 
worshiping every once in a while? Is that what they were doing? No. They became a family. That's what it's supposed to be here. And if you have a problem in the family, what do you do? Fix the problem. And he said, he said here, he said, he says, uh, love one another, be compassionate and humble. What does it mean to be humble? What does it mean to be humble? What is humility, guys? What does it mean? Within the within the family unit. It's not always having to be right. Not always having to be right. What happens in a, re a regular family when you have one person in the family lording it over everybody else? What happens to that family? How does that work? Take it from me, guys. I've seen a lot of marriages fall apart, and many of them, they fall apart because you got one individual wants to be king, wants to be, the, wants to be boss. I don't care if it's a woman or a man. Sometimes it's a kid. Sometimes one of the kids takes over and wants to be king, and everybody else bows down to the and worships at, at that person's feet. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way in the church family either. You know, he says, be humble. Have humility. It's not thinking little of yourself, God. It's not thinking of yourself at all. You don't think of yourself at all. You think of, always think of someone else. What am I going to do for someone else? How am I going to do this for someone else? Within the family. You know, when it says in uh, John 13, I think, and they'll know you are my disciples. How? By the love you have one for another. This is attractive when it's done right. Having compassion, sympathy, empathetic, being humble, and loving each other. This is this is attractive to the world because they don't see it out there. They don't see it in their own families, and they certainly don't see it in many places where they congregate and work. You know, everybody is dog-eat-dog. Dog. Everybody's trying to get over on the next guy. They don't see any of that. They've got to see something different in the church. If they don't see it different in the church, then we're no better than everybody else. Right? And it's going to be your responsibility to make sure you pull it off on your end. And it'll be my responsibility that I pull it up on my end to do what I need to do. All right? And then look at what he says next. He says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because of this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. What's he saying here? What do you see in the world today in our dynamic, in our culture today? What do you see? What's the mindset? What's the attitude like in our culture today? I'm going to give you what you gave me. and Or, I'm going to do it to you before you do it to me. Is that not what the world is? And it's worse now than it's ever been. You know, it'll probably get worse before it gets better. Right? We all, we've all seen it. Watch the news for five seconds. And see what, if, you don't, if you don't see it there. I'm going to burn you down before you burn me down. And if you do it to me, then I'm going to do it to you twice over. Right? And that's what people in the world, that's what, can't be like that here. Why does it get like that in a, in, a, in a body of believers? Why does it get like that? Why do you think it gets like that? Some of you guys have been around for a long time. Why do you think it gets like that? What, what have you seen that, why it gets like that? They don't get their way. People don't get their way. Why else? I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm here, you're here, and I want you to know it. Okay, wow. Why does it, why does it turn south within a body of believers when, when this isn't? How does that happen? Charlie, how does it, how do you, You've seen this before. You've been you've been you've experienced it before. How does this happen? You know, I think as a as a male, we watch see movies where the guy that gets vengeance for everybody is the hero. Yeah. And we kind of feel the same like if somebody does me wrong. That 
that shows who I am by getting vengeance for the person. And like you said, you know, I mean, there was a time in my life where I had lost a boss that very much that me. And I despised him. I hated him. I, it, it hated me. And when I finally just let it go, it was, it was such a relief. Yeah. That no longer control my my emotions, you know, because that's really what all you, that is about. You guys understand the dynamic of just the personalities are in this room. Mm-hmm. You understand this? You, you understand that that dynamic of the personalities in this room. Anne found something a while ago, and and, uh, and she said, "Come here. I don't know what this is for sure." And I went over, and it was an empty dime bag. I seen them. Okay, I know what they look like. All right. But that's my past. That's my culture. Not hers. She's got a different one. Y'all, y'all know what Charlie did before all mm-hmm. of this? Y'all, any of y'all, some of y'all do. Y'all know what he did? Rodeo he rode bulls. No, no. There's rodeo people and there's bull riders. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Nobody in their right mind. It's on 18, 1900, 2000 pound bull. You, know, you got you to be nuts. And, and, but that's the cult. So we come from diverse places, guys. Every one of us is different. Some of us have education. Some of us don't. Some of us are very smart at what we do. And some of us aren't so smart at some of that stuff. Some of us work with our hands. And some of us don't. And God takes that whole group and melds us into a family and tells us, this is how you act. This is what you do. So what happens to your personality? You have to put it to the side. What happens to your culture? Put it to the side. You have to put all this stuff to the side and say, you know what? You know we got a guy coming here. You have any idea? There's a guy coming here that was a fifth degree black belt in his life. He used to teach people. All right? Could beat people up. When I heard about thought, you're kidding. That guy? I want to tell you who it is. Some of you know who it is. But I want to tell you who it is. You know? But he's a, he was a fifth degree black belt. You know? And you go, this is the most most unassuming, down to earth kind. You know, just you know, when he lost his wife, he just he just was a mess. Still is a mess in in some instances. Yeah, yeah. Part of our interactions in church that get messed up is mm-hmm. when we aren't humble, and and certain and certain times it, it's like we when someone confesses a sin. Mm-hmm. We hold that on, <laughs> and we hold that on to them. I was wondering if that was going to come up. <laughs> and suddenly, and, and it's usually the same people who, who hold on to those things of other people who are not open about their own sins and failings. Y'all remember what Cole said last week? This is not a people problem. This is a sin problem. And until we figure that out, we're never going to be able to deal with the people. Until we find out, it's a, no. I'm not, not. He never did say that people aren't wrong. But it's not a people problem. It's a sin problem. It always has been. And when you and when you hold a sin over someone's head that has come in in, a, in honesty to confess, how do you think that's going to go over within a family unit? Try it, guys. Try it. No. Ladies, try <laughs> holding something over your husband for 10, 15 years and see how that works. See how it works. Yeah. We just dealt with, for the first seven verses, we dealt with what a woman's role and what a man's role in a marriage relationship is. Try that and see how that works. See how it works for you. Yes, sir. Uh, my dad passed away recently. I'm sorry to hear that. And uh, right now, I'm fighting with my brothers about selling the house. Uh, they're older. They feel entitled to it. Uh, we, there's debt, 
so I'm trying to sell it to pay for the debt so that uh, my dad's partner doesn't have to deal with it. They're seeing me as the bad guy. Kind of in a state of you know ambiguity because I don't. I feel like I'm taking that away from them. You know, there's they might need the house. I don't know. You know, but if they can afford the payments, you know, they should be able to afford a different house, a better one. But you know, just like I said, they they have this sense of entitlement to it. When you deal with people in the world, they're going to come at you from that perspective, okay? Because most people in the world are very selfish and very self-absorbed, and they want what they want. The thing is, you know, there's there's some rivalry involved. The older brother, you know, sneaking sneaking around, taking things, taking paperwork, hired an attorney, so I fired back the same angle, and, you know, there's obviously some, some personal feelings involved, and I feel like if I act, you know, if I sell the house, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm acting on those feelings instead of doing it because it's the it, right thing to do. I'm going to have to stop you, but that, that, it, it is a perfect example of, you see how, how conflict happens in the world? You see what happens in the world? When you have a, a death in the family, and you have people that are that now you have siblings that are trying to trying to trying to navigate what they want and how where they want to go, and it starts to unravel really quickly. I've seen it a bunch of times where it unravels, and then for 25, 30 years, you have the family members that won't talk to each other, can't get past it. That's that's in the world. What happens when we bring it into the church? It's worse. It's safe, but it's worse because we've been told not to act that way. We can't do that. You're not going to always get your way. You're not going to always get what you want. You know, and sometimes you're going to have to take a back seat and say, okay, I'm going to back, be back over here and let's we'll just wait and let's back on. Huh? And the ultimate problem is we don't put the person in charge that is supposed to be in charge. And by that, I mean you can't. You don't put Jesus in charge. And I, I think this segues into this next part. Listen to this next part. Okay, listen to what he said. He said, on the contrary, you repay evil with blessing because of this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Does that give you some, you know, if I don't do this, my blessing from God could be affected. Does it sound like that? That's what it sounds like. All right, now listen to what he said. Now he's going to quote Psalm 34. Here, this is what he's going to do. He's going to quote Psalm 34. He said, verse 10, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Now, I'm going to stop right here. All right. And I'm going to ask you a question. You know, what is it, what is it, uh, the kind of find, the, define the kind of person who, who looks, like this first, first thing in verse 10, that loves life. Define that person, describe that person who, who, uh, who loves life and enjoys it and loves to please God. What does he look like? Describe that guy for me. He's happy. Give me some else. Describe that guy that that he's at peace. Huh? He's at peace. Okay? I'm gonna get to that one in a minute. Go ahead. 
doesn't says always he consults, think about himself, thinks about others. Okay, thinks about others. Says okay. he, controls, this, he, controls, uh, yes. he controls his tongue. He controls his tongue. He doesn't speak evil. He doesn't do it. If he loves life, you know, how did loving life change your your focus and your mindset as a Christian? How did it change how you how you view life? Did it change you? When you start, because it says here, listen to what it says. It says, whoever would love life and, and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Okay? Now, guess go. Go ahead, Larry. It's kind of like Charlie was talking about. Uh-huh. If you hold on to stuff, it'll eat you up. It'll eat you up. It'll eat you up. Yeah. You can turn loose of all that. Then your life is much more free. What? Let me, on that vein, let me ask. What do you need to love life? What do you need in your life to love life? What what are some of the things you that you equate with in your own life? What man, I could really love my life if this happened. The peace with God. Have the peace of God. Okay. Clear conscience. Have a clear conscience. I'd love life. I have a clear conscience. What else? Give me something. Family. You love family. That's where. I love my family. Okay. Anybody else? Come on. Give me it. If if I'm going to love life, what is it going to look? You know. Then my family's healthy. Then my family's connected to each other. That's going to take a lot of work. Okay? That takes work. But I will love life. It doesn't make any difference if I have five cars and three boats. I don't care. That's not what that's not what helps me to love life. But if my if my wife is faithful, my husband is faithful, and I trust them, life gets a whole lot easier to navigate, doesn't it? It, you know, if my mate support, go ahead, Paul. It's a choice. What if, do I choose to focus on? You know, I mean, I, I'm a tax appraiser. You know, most people hate what I do, and going to work is not always fun. But, you know, on Saturday, I went and watched my son play flag football and score yeah. once touchdowns. And what do I choose to focus on? Yeah. You know, what's my perspective? Mm -hmm. You know, I can focus on the bad or I can focus on the good because we all have bad and good. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, what are we you can find about? bad in everything. You know, you can find you can find bad stuff in everything that happens. You know, well, Ryan died. There was some good stuff, okay? But well, how come that person didn't come over? How come that person didn't say anything? You know, how come that? How come they didn't do this for me? Or how come they didn't do this for Tim? How come? How come they? Somebody said this instead of that. See, if you focus on that stuff, guess what? Life get life begins to suck. It really does. It gets really hard to deal with. It does. So I'm asking you. What is it? What do you need to be able to love life? There are people watching out. They're looking at their life stinks. There may be someone watching that their life stinks. They got everything. Every time you get a phone call from them, there's one more brick that's piled on top of them. It's like they're suffocating under this life. They want to know what do you need? What do they need to look for? Go ahead, Larry. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on one thing you said. All that stuff goes away. I'll, I'm gonna talk about that in just a second. Go ahead, Chris. What are you gonna say? No, you gotta understand. You gotta have an understanding of the big picture and what he did for us. That's exactly right. And if you don't understand that, then the other part will never. Let me. You'll, you'll never yeah, have the gratitude you need. Absolutely. To make that work. 
like Larry said, all that stuff goes away. When you choose for it to. If you don't choose for it to, it won't. Go ahead. Okay, this this whole when it goes away. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in fall right now. We have all these, these leaves falling. There's this little book that we, we bought for our kids called The Little Tree. And it's about a tree that never that holds on to its leaves. And it never grows. And the thing is, is that through Christ, we're allowed to reduce our baggage. We can let go of those leaves. Yeah. And a person who's, who holds on to all the negative things in their life, it's they're not going to have a good life. No. Even if they have a good life. Yeah. And there's pe plenty of people who've yeah. been blessed by God who yeah. think that they have a miserable life mm -hmm. simply because they focus on those dead leaves. Absolutely. Than, than Absolutely. You know, y'all hear what he said? You know, it's it's hard it's hard sometimes to let it go. It's hard to choose that because my personality brings me to a place that brings me my my past brings me to a place where this is what I'm suspect, expected to do. This is how I'm expected to respond because this is where I came from. You know, I mean, it took me a long time to get past that mindset. It was a very difficult time to get past that 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 drug infested. You know. You know, big shot type. It took a long time. I couldn't get past it. You know, but I tell you what, as I started to get past it, it made me way more effective in jail work because I understood where those guys were coming from. There were people that went. They didn't go. They they went one time. They couldn't go. They couldn't do it because they couldn't understand. They couldn't. They couldn't wrap their minds around what was going on. And I, I took to it like a fish to water because I knew exactly what was going on here because of my past. So God used that for really good stuff in my life. You know, got to talk to thousands of people about Christ in that time frame. But, you know, but I had to make a choice. I got to at some point let this stuff go because what it was doing is crippling my family. It was crippling them, bringing that stuff with me, bringing that past with me, and, and striving to be compassionate, empathetic. If you're not taught that from a, from a you're not teaching little boys how to do that, guess what they don't want to do? Because the world's telling them that makes you weak, makes you a, that makes you a sissy. That's what it's, that's what they're telling them. That's what life's telling them that they're sissy, right, Daniel? If you if you portray this kind of mindset, you're a sissy and you're weak, and people will take advantage of you. That's what they do, right? That's not what God says. God says if you're going to love life, then I'm going to love the things that other people don't find attractive. You know, I, I remember, and I've told y'all this before. I remember driving right by the street right here. On a Wednesday night, and you people are all going to church. Not you people, but there are people going to church. You know what I thought? What a bunch of schmucks. You know, all y'all people going to church. A couple of years later, guess what I'm doing? I'm one of, I become one of the schmucks. And I'm going, how'd this happen? It happened because I didn't understand. But people in the world, they drive by it and they look at you and say, until one day crashes happens. And he looked around and said, this don't work. I need to find this because this maybe does work. Maybe not right away, but it'll start to work when, when my mindset starts to change. Because what is God looking for? Look at what he said. Look at what he says here. He said, verse 11, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. What does it mean to seek peace or work for peace, look for peace, long for it? What does it look like? You huh? You forgive. What you can forgive. You have compassion on them. You empathize with them, even when they cross you. You know what's the toughest thing to love and love a brother is when they beat you to death, when they've stepped in your neck, and you have to love them anyway. That's hard. 
That's hard. Ask some of some of the elders' wives. Just ask them. You know, and how and how there for a while we got the snot kicked out of us all the time, and we we're going. You know, it got so bad that I said, "I'm done. I quit. I can't do this no more. I don't want to do this. This isn't any fun." Had people I cared about and loved turn on me. You know, so they y'all understand? Don't you know? You know what that looks like? You know, but you but you turn into a, a with a different mindset. And you love them in spite of it. And here he said, you seek peace. Because conflict and doesn't seek is not looking for peace. It's looking for more conflict and more chaos. That's what happens. When God says to seek peace, I did a, I did the thing on peace on a Wednesday night. For those of you who weren't here, I, I gave the class two pictures. And one of them was this of this catastrophic storm, lightning and storm and everything. And it's a picture and it's got, you can see one little white dot, a little white dot. Can't see in the picture what the white dot is. They don't. You don't focus on it. The next picture I gave them shows the white dot. You know what it is? It's a dove sitting in a nest, in the midst of this waterfall and this chaos and lightning striking. And it's the picture of peace. When you find that, when you find that place of solitude and comfort, you find that place where, where even amongst the storms, you can feel good about yourself. Man, that that's a life to love. That's a life to love. Because they don't have it out there. They don't know what that looks like. Okay? And and then look at the last verse, what, what he's saying. He said, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. You remember the guy that was, uh, uh, he was born blind. Remember that guy? John chapter 8. Five, something, maybe John chapter 8. I don't remember exactly. But, you know, and, and I've, we've studied that before. And he said, and he goes to the Pharisees, want to know how he got healed and all that stuff. And he said, well, we know that God only hears prayers of righteous people. Doesn't hear the prayers of the sinner, what he said. And in part, that's kind of right. But we look at, you look at Acts chapter 10 and you see that, that God does hear the prayers of a sinner because he hears the prayers of Cornelius. Okay? But here he says, he, what does he say here in 34 of Psalm? He said, but the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. How, does that, how much comfort does that give you to know that when it gets hard and it, when it gets chaotic and when there's things, decisions have to be made that are not popular and you're doing the right thing, that God's looking on you and sees you and has compassion and empathy for you. How does that feel? I don't know what it feels like to ride a 2,000 pound bull, but it's got to feel better than that. <laughs> I'm telling you. And for someone who, someone who, uh, you know, uh, uh, I talked to Kevin the other day, and Kevin came home and he, he blitzed. And I said, What's going on? He said, Man, I, I, he said, I spent the whole day under a welding helmet. You ever done that? <laughs> Let me tell you something. By the time you're through, you've lost 10 pounds. Especially when it's a hundred and you're inside of a building doing it, and and but you know what? He loves it. But you know what he loves more? He loves this place. More. He loves this place more. And sometimes you ask me, and I'll tell you why I know that because of what I know of him and what he will do. So, but you know the point here is is it says that God's eyes are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. That means he's listening to me. When I'm doing the right thing, when I'm striving to be the right person, when I love him and love his people, he said, I'm going to listen to you. 
My eyes are going to be on you. I'll be aware of what's going on in your life. And then look at what he said. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You go, and we don't have time right now, but you go into Isaiah 59, and he tells the nation of Israel, tells them, he said, because of your sin and iniquity, I've hidden my face from you, so that I will not hear you. I won't hear you. He turns his back on them because of what they were doing. It doesn't work any different today. People in the world, people in the, in, that want to do evil, that want to live evil and don't want to look for good, don't love life, don't pursue peace. You know what God says? I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm not going to pay attention to you. We have a responsibility, guys. If we've been blessed by God, don't live according to act like Him. If we're going to come to Him, this is what it's going to cost. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said in a, in a couple of places, He said, and He said, you want to know what it costs? He said, it's going to cost you everything. He said, unless you hate your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, you can have no part of it. What he says. Now that word doesn't mean hate. It means to love less. There's a different word for hate. This is to love less. Unless you love them less, you cannot be my disciple. And he said, if you you're my disciple, you will deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. What he says. Not once, but he said that on two different occasions. He says that. To deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. The life that he offers is million times better than the one in the world. That's why some of us in here who have passed have come to this and have dropped the past and went away from it. Because it's so good where we are and what we have here. People in the world don't understand that. And they're going to keep biting and clawing and scratching and fighting amongst themselves. And they'll die in their sin. And God will God will reward them for that for that is what they've done. What he says right there. He said, I won't pay attention to you and I won't listen to your prayer. And I'll hide my face from you. That's a scary thought. It's scary, isn't it? It's worse for those of us who have been made right. Because he said, for that person, it'd been better if they never heard it. What he said. We'll see you next week, guys. We'll pick it up in verse 13 next week.